All right, everybody, welcome back to the Doing the Thing podcast. So um, Bill and I have been talking a lot about how we're going to restructure some of this stuff and, you know, how we're going to manage our conversations. So, you know, just to kind of reiterate, we're, we're doing shorter shows now, um, but we really want to target, like, the educational side of, of it. And so as we're developing topics and talking points and things like that, um, we're also going to sprinkle in things that we see every day in our coaching practice um, and also things that, you know, might have some personal experience to it, too. So what we have found this week, um, me specifically, is we're finding a lot more business partnerships are coming up, especially on the franchise side. Um, I'm finding myself working with with power teams way more often than just that solo or husband and wife kind of part uh, company. You know, even the husband and wife is a partnership. Uh, it's a business partnership. And we could talk about that as well. But I want to talk about partnerships with uh, I want to talk about three different types of partnerships. And they're you know, it could be good friends. It could be people that you've met through your networking. It could be you know, people from work or just people that you really trust and, and, and bring something to the table to that business relationship. Uh, so the three types of partnerships uh, uh, that I want to cover today are the standard partnership. You know, everybody shares everything, everything's equal. And then uh, two different types of equity partnerships. Um, and Phil, we're going to talk about, you know, Phil wants to talk about, you know, how to find the right partner. Yeah, I also want to talk about that, too, because I've had a lot of partners over the years, good and bad, some really bad ones, and <laughs> how to avoid a really bad partnership. I think that's an important cover topic to cover. Um, so before we begin, Bill, how you doing, man? Oh, well, you know, I shared this with you before we started the recording. I'm very blessed to have had two back-to-back -back monster weeks with 30 to 36 meetings per week. And that's such an honor and such a pleasure. And I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the way you down, and, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's all good stuff. And I think this is a very timely conversation, right? So as you're starting to think about different paths that you can take, is it right to, to you know, do something on your own versus to involve a partner? And what do those structures look like? And Jason, I'm pretty sure you're in a partnership right now, aren't you? I am. I am. And, and that took, um, well, that took us going to war to really <laughs> develop that trust. But even, you know, it, business can be a battle. It can be a battlefield. Um, but there's a lot more to it than that obviously, because even, you know, as soldiers, you know, when you know somebody in the military versus how they are and how they act in, in business can be night and day. So, so it took a lot of, um, a lot of conversations, a lot of tools, a lot of trust uh, to be able to form that partnership in the, in the first place. Yeah. And, you know, so what our hope is in today's session is as Jason outlined, you know, to talk about what potential partner structures look like, and then get into the hows and the whys behind making sure you have a good partnership. Because the goal is never to get into something and two years later hate one another. <laughs> the goal is to be successful yeah. and achieve your goals together. And still be good friends. Right. 100%. <laughs> so, um, why don't you start with what your primary structures? Yeah. Yeah, so what I primarily see with um, with the partnerships is that standard partnership. 
And, and that, I really like the standard partnership um, because everybody's 50-50 in the business. Um, equal amount of skin in the game, equal amount of work into the business, and you're growing together. Now, there's some, I found there are some ways that you can actually get in each other's way in doing that, though. So, so one thing that I found, like, it's great. You're all going into business together, especially when you're exploring the possibility at the very beginning, instead of bringing somebody in later on, it's like, hey, I found this business. Would you start it with me? I would say back up three steps and, and start doing that very initial investigation together and find a concept that you both or, or, or industry that you both land on. That way, there's no that's that's future thinking, hard feelings down the road. It's like, oh, you pulled me into this, Joe, you know, uh, but also. Also, it's, it's just a better, clear, equal decision in it. Um, and what I meant earlier about how we can get in each other's way in those partnerships is don't try to do everything all at once. <laughs> Have one partner focus on biz dev, the other partner focus on human resources or the actual operational roles of the business. That way you can both pick up your task and you take off and you run with it. Mm. Now, let's explore this a little bit because, um, you know, there are certain favorable structures within partnerships, 5149, minority-owned, veteran-owned, female-owned yeah. businesses. Um, does that affect the um, responsibilities, voice, and structure in your opinion? No. I don't think so, uh, especially if that higher percentage um, has more equity into the business or, or something else. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, most people are going to split the profits equally, um, especially if you're ha putting equal amount of time into it. I think that's you know something to be said. When that does matter is obviously contracting. So, so military contracting to be a, a, a veteran owned small business to, to really get that placard and that um, uh, certification, uh, you have to, that the veteran has to be at a 50% or greater ownership role in the business. Yeah. And it also matters when you want to sell that business at the end of your, you know, your tenure together. Um, but a 51% ownership for strategic benefit doesn't mean that the profits can't be split 50-50 and the responsibilities shift in any way, does it? Or does it? I don't think it does. Uh, what do you think? Uh, not, not to my understanding. So, you know, when we're talking about general partnerships, I think there are two levels of that conversation. How do you structure it from an ownership perspective? And how do you structure the responsibilities between the two of you? Oh, actually, a third level. How do you structure the equity split between you? <laughs> right. So yeah, I think equity split. yeah. And well, to your point, another another thing to that is when you want to decide uh, a direction for the business, that majority owner is going to obviously trump the direction of the business. And, and that's when it can be really weird if it's a 51 49 kind of a split. It could be that could be that could probably foster some bad feelings a little bit. You know, when that 51 percent is like, hey, you know, I beat you by two. Let's go this direction. <laughs> well, you know, and that that gets to a point. So I know we're going to talk about the other two structures, but um, cliche put simply, good paper makes good friends. 
it's really important yeah. when you consider a partnership that each and everything you can think of is laid out. And that includes what does the profit structure look like? What does the equity picture look like? Who's responsible for what? And most importantly, what does the exit strategy look like? If one of us wants to get out of this business in two years, what takes place? How does that look? If you can decide all of that in the upfront before you enter into a partnership, you're still going to have a friend at the end of, and look, life happens, right? Things change. Circumstances change for people. That people can enter into a partnership with best intentions and three years down the road, something new happens. You want to have thought through what that's going to look like. And that just keeps everything yeah. on the right path. Yeah, and, and there are some, some really good templates for operating agreements. And sit down with your partner and, and hash out that operating agreement together. You know, there, there's some really good starting points for you. Um, it's also, you could actually consult with a, with a good business attorney on that and, and just kind of incorporate the things that you want to agree upon in your business as far as, you know, things like that exit strategy and, and things like that. Um, to Phil's point, good paper keeps good friends. It really does. Yeah, you know, um, another important thing is um, just like, you know, maybe it's not the best idea to marry somebody you've known for one month. You know, maybe you want to know them a year and studies, psychological studies and otherwise suggest that you really understand a person's true character if you know them for at least a year. So, you know, a lot of the research I did says if you're going to get into a partnership with someone, at least have known them for a year. That way you can be pretty confident you know who you're getting into business with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, you and I, we use some tools to, to help that along as well. You know, I, I think those disc assessments that, you know, if you look back in one of our prior episodes, we talk about disc. And I think that's a perfect way to really help understand each other as business partners as well. You know, understand each other's communication styles and, and how to work with each other. You know, looking at a, um, a success insights wheel and, and seeing where, you know, eight, partner A falls on that wheel versus partner B and play to your strengths. Oh, 100%. In fact, I'll, I'll, uh, <clears throat> I'll add a little bit to that thought to say, you know, in DISC, D stands for dominance, and that's that driver, risk taker personality. And every business needs strong D characteristics. But if you have two people with equally high Ds and equally low Cs, Cs being the conscientious, the compliance aspects, the facts and figures, data processes, you may run into bumps in the road down, down the road. So when you have um, complementary but not competing DISC profiles in a partnership, then you're not both approaching the problem from the same competencies, perspectives, and behaviors, which can really add value. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, next one, and, and it's going to be kind of similar in both, both categories, but it's the equity partnership. So um, definition of an equity partner is somebody that basically puts money into your business to help you get started. But that equity partner's role can change in different ways. So, so what I've seen and what I've experienced, and there could be more, um, you know, I think if you look through textbooks, there's probably some that you'll find in somebody's MBA program, they 
list it out into a hundred different things, but this is why I just condensed it out just for, for this episode. But the equity and operating partner would be number two to me. So an equity operating partner is somebody that's putting up money to the business. They're not a 50% partner. Maybe they're 30, maybe they're 20 or something like that. Whatever it is that you agree upon based off of how much money goes into the business and how much the op actual operating health they they give. So operating doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be booking appointments for the business or you know you know doing the consulting calls or whatever it whatever that task is in the business, but maybe they are helping with a network. Maybe they're helping um, coach you. Maybe they have experience in that industry and they're, they're giving you, you know, advice and coaching and things like that to make sure you're on track. So that's like the equity operating part. You know, and that's an interesting concept because what I think it speaks to is this. Um, if it's possible, the ideal set of circumstances is not one plus one equals two, but one plus one equals three. So if you find a partner that balances you out, that can coach you in areas perhaps you don't know and leverage your strengths, it's not two people any longer. It becomes a multiplier beyond that. I think that's what you're saying. Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Yeah, and I, I like those types of equity partners. Like, you know, you know, they're, you know, it, it's, it's really ideal for that entrepreneur to be able to leverage the, the financing, but also have, you know, some of that help on the other end as far as like the resourcing and network and the, and the skills. So when you find an equity partner, don't just don't just give don't just slice off the equity of your business for cash. That's that's not what I'm saying here. You know, do it for a little bit more than that. So so. Um, there's investors out there. There's a lot of them that will that will just throw money at your business for, you know, you know, like that dusty old fart, Mark Cuban. Like he'll he'll throw a bunch of money at, at your business, but it's like give me sixty percent. Like don't do that. Don't do that. You're making yourself an employee mm. of your own business. Yeah, you are. Um, but then there's the equity partner who who hires somebody to help you. So that's number three. That equity partner who hires uh, an equity another partner with an ownership mindset. So let's let's put ourselves in a business, like think about a business that requires like maybe a management or another consultant or something like that to help you along the way. So so they're not just giving you money, but they're also helping to ensure your success by hiring somebody else. And in hiring somebody else, they're either giving them a pretty decent salary to have that owner's mindset, or they're even slicing off a little bit more equity for that individual so that they can get into that business and, you know, at a lower salary, but better incentives. And that's, and that's another one that I've seen. And it's an interesting way to do it. It's a little bit outside of the box, but when you think about um, passive investing into, into a business, that's probably one of the better ways to do it. So if you put yourself into like the investor chair um, and you don't have those skills and you don't have that network and you can't support that business in that way and to that level, think about hiring somebody or helping that owner hiring somebody with that equity or that ownership mindset. Yeah. If you, that makes sense. And, you know, the icing, I guess I'd put on the cake on this and it probably sounds like a no brainer, but it's really not. If you, you want to make sure that you share core values and ethics, 
with a partner. You want to make sure, oh, that, shit. right? Yeah. Um, and how do you do that? You know, tools like DISC, knowing them for a year, but really sitting down and talking about the vision and what the corporate culture in this new possibility might look like. Because what's translated to the workforce, people join jobs for income and opportunity and the possibilities for growth within the company. But almost 100% of the time, they leave it because of the corporate culture and the dynamics yeah. between people. And so you really want to get a really clear sense of that before you get into a partnership because yeah. it's like a marriage. Yeah, yeah. You want to date them first before you marry them. So, <laughs> so go through all the steps that you would dating. <laughs> really, take them out to dinner. <laughs> see how they would. You want to see how somebody acts when they are stressed, when they are under pressure and stress. You want to be able to gauge that. It's like, okay, if our business ever, you know, you know, gets into trouble or we're having a hard time or something like that, how are you going to act under pressure? I want to know, are you going to just like pull the plug and run away or are you going to, are you going to buckle down and grit through it? Yeah. And you know, I'm going to add one more thing. And this comes from experiences in my life, not mine specifically, but <clears throat> friends, family, associates, whatever. I'm not going to disclose what that is. Um, but my point is not just knowing your partner, if your partner has a spouse or likely to be a spouse, you should get to know the whole family dynamic. Um, and the situation that arose was there was a uh, partnership and a potential divorce in the Loomings. And a portion of that business would have gone to the spouse in the divorce, which would have changed mm -hmm. the board of director structure, the management team. It would have changed everything depending on how that negotiation went. And, you know, we're talking about 50, 60 employees whose lives would have been affected by that very significant change. And I'm not saying you can predict, you know, things like that into the future, but you wanna make sure you're comfortable with that person, with their family and or yeah. their spouse, right? Yeah, even, even you know, even not something that's so, you know, something like that, but what if there's a death or something like that? And, and, and there are some situations where, um, like we can get more in the weeds of legal stuff, like making sure that your, your um, I guess your will and your executor stuff is in order because there are actual programs where people actually take over that portion of the business until it's straightened out. So you don't want some bank representative taking care of half of your business because your partner passed away or something like that. So you want to actually take care of like your, your will and your executor type of paperwork going into this as well. Yeah. So in addition to key man concepts, exit strategies, yeah, you know, that is, unfortunately, that's a way that someone can exit from the business. And thinking through all of that, you know, and again, going back to the morals, the ethics, knowing the person well, doing some behavioral indexing, making sure that there is a synergistic relationship between your skill sets, all really, really solid advice, man. Great topic. Boom. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed talking about this one because this is, you know, it's just been more and more real every day. So I'm in the, I'm in a partnership with with Justin, and and we're doing multiple barber shops and things like that. And it's been very, I, I find a lot more clarity on how to make that partnership stronger and, and kind of back back 
pacing a little bit on, on how we actually developed that partnership in the, in the very beginning. It, it was lucky for us that we kind of knew each other for several years um, before we decided to go into business together. But, you know, there's always something that you can do better and you can improve upon. And, and getting that experience and things like that kind of helps you do that. But it's also nice to be able to have a, a resource or, you know, even just a, a quick muttering podcast episode like this to kind of listen to, to kind of get the gears rolling a little bit. Yep. Yeah, that's 100% what this is about. Jason, great topic. Thanks for raising it. Um, and I think we're going to have uh, part two in our series on um, employment statistics and trends. And that gets into folks over the age of 50 and some of the um, findings that yeah. have come out. So that'll be out next week, guys. I hope you all enjoyed today's uh, episode on partnership. Certainly, you know, hit us up, like, and share. And if you have any comments or suggestions on things you'd like to hear us cover in the future, we love that. Yeah. So please. Definitely. Definitely, guys. All right. Doing the thing. See you all next week. Thanks, buddy.